scary girl. Hi, everybody. Hey, everyone. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Sarah. And this is Dead Time Stories. A weekly podcast where Sarah and I get together to talk about ghost stories, true crime, mysteries, cults, conspiracies, the supernatural, paranormal, or even just the generally weird, eerie, spooky, strange stuff that we want to talk about that week. Why is that, Sarah? Because it's our show, and it's not yours. Got him. Welcome back to a regular episode. It's just us. It's just us squirrels. Just, just us squirrel friends. Just us ghosty girlfriends. Um, I do love having Christina on, though. She's a great, she's oh a great my God. guest, man. Her notes are detailed. The way the story's lined out is great. It's like she's a librarian or something. So, <laughs> if, if you didn't know, she is. <laughs> she is. She's very good at research. Also, if this is your first time listening to the show, stop. Go back. Episode one, Grumble Thorpe to my mouth a little bit. Start from the beginning. This is not a show that you want to just pick up from wherever. You want to start at the top. Yeah, you thought we were going to forget. We didn't forget. Stop. Maybe you forgot if you've listened to the show before, but you didn't know what to expect if you've never listened because you didn't do it and you didn't go back to the beginning. Go back. If, yeah, if you're still listening, please. Stop. What, what are listen you doing? from the top. From we'll the keep beginning. berating Episode you. Episode one, that's it. Otherwise, welcome back. Okay, hi, everyone. Hey, welcome everybody. Back. Welcome back. Um... I had something, and I forgot to mention this last episode, but this is some fun, good news. We got a new five-star review oh, from nice. someone who found us in the Paranormality podcast chart list that we were on for yes. two weeks. Yes. So Dude, we jumped up on it. We did, but then we fell off we because fell, okay. we didn't <laughs> keep. Fair. You have fair. to vote every month. It's fair. It's fair. But um, want to say thank you to the new shout-out. It was very nice. They said they started from the beginning Good. and were up to episode 120 when they Damn, made they are post. coming. So like, That's great. Welcome. So we love those. Always makes us happy. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah, they said our banter was great. Our chemistry was great. Love and I'm it. like, that's because we're friends in real life. We're here for it. So, done. <laughs> that was it. Keep leaving good reviews, guys. Oh, God. Oh, I'm so sorry. And I'm already boring. <laughs> Their chemistry is so great. Sarcasm. I know. I was like, you're saying, I was like, no, why Sarcasm. right now? <laughs> and then I was like, my immediate I urge is to make a joke about how, like, I wrote the review. I made a fake account. <laughs> <laughs> I made the review to try algorithm. to boost us in the algorithm. I love it. I love it. Sarah's got a show coming up. I do. End of September. I'll post more about it as we get closer. It'll be fun. <laughs> cool. I feel like we've only had three or four rehearsals and only done table work, so it doesn't feel I know. But real. this episode's for a few weeks out, so you'll have some more by then. I'm doing a show. It feels weird because we've been gone for a while. I'm going to do uh, Halloween at Eastern State again. Yeah, she is. Which is now called Halloween Nights at Eastern State Penitentiary. Yeah, she no is. longer... Terror Behind the Walls. Two years in a row, baby. Well, uh, not in a row. Well, well, in a row that it was functioning. Because, yeah. yes, it didn't run in 2020. 2020 <laughs> does not count as a year. 2020 was a leap year where we literally just leapt over it. Lord. Uh, yeah. And so I will be doing that again. So that's very, very exciting. I haven't officially confirmed yet that I will be back in the speakeasy, but I oh, sure hope so. That was going to be my next question. Um, so the callbacks for speakeasy are tomorrow. Eee. So, right. Like, they haven't had anybody officially cast in speakeasy. Okay. But so tomorrow I have to go and sing, but I did speak easy before and I know the managers. I expect to be back in the speakeasy. But for those of you who didn't want to go before because it was just too spooky, they are turning it around and it is a little less jump out and grabby scary and a little more like, ooh, spooky masquerade Halloween. And what I learned this year uh, when I was at auditions 
is that normally before in the past, they have only used about half of the prison during the event. Mm -hmm. They're using the entire (gasps) prison and more of the yard, which is the outside area of the prison. I'm so excited. Yes. I can't wait. I think it's going to take some people off guard who are the diehard. Yes, I'm sure there are people fans, who are like who are going to be annoyed about it because terror. Um, but let's think this about sounds it. Sounds awesome. Some of the events were called things like lockdown, quarantine, and the infirmary. <laughs> we don't want to go back. To A little them. triggering, y'all. Right. So they're like, we got to rethink the entirety of how we do this. Um, and it is now Halloween nights at Eastern State Penitentiary, and I'm genuinely super excited about it. I, can't I had a wait. lot of fun doing it last time. And yeah, come see your girl, Judy Mae Best, hopefully, back in the speakeasy. We'll have more information on by the time we record our next episode. Yeah. But yeah, that's exciting. It's going to be super fun. So, I can't wait. tons of cool shit to do in Philly around the spooky season. Yes. Being COVID safe, wearing your mask, socially distant, get vaccinated, yep. you know. All of those things that we represent. But also, if you're in Philly come October, there's plenty of things to do. Yeah, come support us. See some cool yeah. shit. Because I'm also Zach, doing... I hope you come back. You should come do an oh, episode. Zach, you Zach should. Zach has never done an episode. I can't believe that. He sent me a meme <laughs> that was like... It was like somebody yelling at somebody else. And it was like, hey, introverts, listening to two friends do their podcast doesn't count as social interaction. <laughs> and he was like, scene! And I'm like, I would love to have Zach actually do an episode. But Zach's been listening since the beginning uh, and came down when I was in terror and Sarah was doing Mary Mary Gerard. Uh, And he's a big supporter of the show. And he's just a a longtime friend and a lovely person. Yeah. Zach, come on the show. Come be on the show, man. Come back down in October. Fuck yeah. Do a smorgasbord of things again. Fuck yes. And I'm doing True Tales again, which is on October 30th, which is dope. Like the day before, like the Saturday before Halloween itself. Oh, can't wait. Love it. It's all going to be great. So, yeah, there's lots of stuff going on. And we got Guestoberfest. I cannot wait for Guestoberfest. Ooh, we got to start thinking about our lineup. I was going to say, I have some people in mind I need oh, to, to so ask excited. around. Ooh, it's going to be good, y'all. Yeah, I'm super excited. What is this? This is going to be our fourth Guestoberfest wow. in a row. I think it is. We're going to have to look. We should do something crazy. Maybe this is the Guestoberfest where we get our matching spooky tattoos. Maybe it is. It's funny that you said that because one of the people that I want to invite for Guestoberfest is somebody who is a tattoo artist who has very recently started a podcast. Oh, it's like a spooky podcast. Perfect. Let's leverage it. So I want to, right. I was like, I would love to hit them up and be like, I would love to have you on to talk about your podcast. Also, Also, I would love to get work done by you. We want to get work. This tattoo artist recently started following my drag account, Polly Wanda Cracker. Love it. If you haven't started following her yet, you should. I'm hoping to book some shows for her soon. It's going to be a little more complicated now that I definitely have Halloween nights coming up. Yeah, you do. Um, But I'm hoping to book a show for her in August, which is now August. Does she follow Dead Time Stories? Right now, Polly doesn't follow anyone. Oh, not Polly. Your friend. Oh, no. She's not my friend. I don't actually know her. She's a tattoo artist that I like and I follow. Oh. And yeah, she very recently started like a paranormal true crime podcast. Got it. And so I want to be like, hey, do you need to plug your podcast? Would you like to come be on our podcast? Hey, we would also like to get tattooed by you. (laughs) Here's a sticker. Thank you. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. All right. That sounds cool. But I'm, are you ready to talk about stuff? Because I got some stuff. I'm ready. I thought she had a folder full of info. She didn't. I don't know. I just have several pages on my. She's got a whole iPad. I've got my notes worth that are in my good notes, and then I have a couple Wikipedia pages for more information on the things that I took notes on. All right. Yeah, I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm so ready. I'm so ready. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Stephanie. 
Hey, Leslie. Y'all ready to talk about some ghosts? Y'all ready to talk about some ghosts? Yes. Yeah, you said you were going first. I am. I am. I was. And thinking, you're talking about ghosts. I'm not talking about ghosts. Oh, well, because you said yes, if so this, I thought that you were. I was yes anding, but I forgot the and. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes, and they're not ghosts. Yes, and they're not ghosts. But if anyone had a reason to be a ghost, it would be this guy. So oh this is a write-up that came across my Reddit feed this week. And it's Love it. short and I almost said sweet. It's not sweet. Someone oh. dies. Um, <laughs> but I found it. Very interesting. So I'm going to share it with you. But Good first, enough. I'm going to give credit to the person who did the write-up. These people do this in their free time because they are obsessed like us. And they are just so much more coherent and well thought out and put together than my rambling ass. So I want to give credit <laughs> where credit is due to the person who is bringing this story to me who is now bringing it to, to you. you. And that is the user by the name of Chicken Wing Anxiety. Sure. Sounds like one of our people. I'm into that. I love chicken wings and I have anxiety. I get it. <laughs> I saw a TikTok recently that was like, my personality is like, I don't care. But my anxiety is like, I, I do. do. <laughs> <laughs> For real. So chicken wing anxiety did this right up. And it is the story of the strange death of Christopher Case. Is this a man who scared himself to death? In April of 1991, a man by the name of Christopher Case was found dead in the bath of his apartment after over a week of telling friends and family that something was out to get him. Did he scare himself to death? Or was his untimely death the result of a terrifying curse brought upon him by a witch? Second one. Hopefully the second okay. one. <laughs> but I think, are you going to give me more info? Nope, that's it. That's the whole story. Oh, okay. What do you think's going to happen? So this week, I'm talking. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Sarah's really been phoning it in lately. I mean, lately. she said it was short, but Jesus Christ. <laughs> Good God. Uh, no, here's the rest of the story. And, you know, we'll talk about it and we'll all draw our own conclusions. But, like, if this was a play, it would Dan be. Dan Schneider did it. <laughs> Dan Schneider's a witch. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Dan Schneider dancing with the devil. <laughs> I saw Dan Schneider with Goody Proctor. <laughs> I gotta write that on my on my throwaway Reddit account. I saw Dan Schneider with the devil. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Christopher Case was a 35-year-old radio DJ who was, by all accounts, a well-rounded individual who was popular with his work colleagues and his small-town friends, never had any real enemies, and he never exhibited any mental disturbance, which is what makes the lead-up to his very premature death so strange. weird, right? Sure, of course. Chris was found dead. First of all. <laughs> First, Christopher was dead to begin with. <laughs> he was found fully clothed inside his bathtub in a kneeling position on Tuesday, the 18th of April, 1991. There were no signs of a struggle uh, having took place or any signs of forced entry. When police searched the property, they found something strange. Of course. Crucifixes were all over the apartment. Oh, along yeah. That's not that weird. Right. What was weird was there was literally hundreds of them. No, I don't think that's true. Classic. There was just a lot. Classic Christopher. There were crucifix. They called him Crucifix Christopher. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody did. That was like his known Everybody nickname. Everybody knew it. 
Uh, crucifixes all over the apartment, along with many books on the occult and salt scattered around every corner of the skirting oh, of the naturally, home. naturally, naturally. Religious music played softly within every room. And the coroner just... Every room. Every room. You got to keep the demons away. Like, was it the same thing that was on, like, the same channel in every room? Or you think there's, like, different, like, if you walked into a different room, you'd hear a different. One was Amazing Grace. The other played, um, you know, Stephen Curtis Chapman on loop. Like, he wanted to keep (laughs) with all the generations. You walk over here. Our God is an awesome God. You walk over there. Old school, you know, walk with me. Uh, The coroner determined... His death was likely caused by acute myocarditis. However, the fact that Chris had no signs of this illness was otherwise super fit and healthy, and the state of his home and what transpired on the days leading up to his death made his friends and family dubious. Okay. So earlier, on April 11th, Chris had traveled to San Francisco for a business trip. And during that time, he met an older woman who had the same interest in music and similar tastes in life. Everything was going smoothly between Chris and the unnamed woman, and they went on to having dinner together. At some point in the night, she made heavy advances toward Chris, and he politely declined as he felt the woman's forwardness unnerved him. The woman, however, did not take the rejection very well. She responded by telling him that she was a witch and that she was going to curse him. She said, you'll be sorry. You will be dead within a week. (laughs) You'll be sorry. And then you'll be dead. And you'll be dead. Uh, Chris was a rational, insane man, so he simply brushed off her comment and went home. A few days after this encounter, however, Chris told his friends that he was worried that the curse this woman had threatened might actually be real. He told them that he was experiencing strange and frightful events in his apartment, such as hearing disembodied whispers, seeing shadows moving from the corner of his eye, and, strangest of all, he said he was woken up to the feeling of someone's hands wrapped around his throat, squeezing as hard as they could. Chris also reported something was routinely attacking him in his sleep, and he was waking up with scratches on his hands and face. He even sought help from a bookstore merchant buying multiple books on how to ward away evil spirits and confided in a Catholic priest. On the 17th of April, it all came to a head. He apparently called his friends in a panic, saying he will most likely die tonight. And the next day, he was found dead in his apartment. Damn, he knew, man. With the crucifixes around the whole apartment, candles everywhere, lines of salt all over the floor, and church music playing in every room. So did this previously sane man with no history of mental illness get so terrified by the threat from the witch that he spiraled into insanity and literally scared himself to death all within the space of a week? Or was it something more sinister? You tell me. You're the one telling the story. I mean, if you learn something, it's your own fault. I don't have an answer. So obviously we here at Dead Time Stories love a good witch. And we will support the theory that a witch put a spell on him and sent a demon to attack him. And it got him in his bathtub because at least that made for an easy cleanup. Natch. However, there is uh, one of the top comments brings up what probably rationally actually happened to Christopher Case. Which is acute myocarditis. Which I didn't realize causes you to hallucinate. Causes you... To have these weird feelings. So they say, as far as we know, there's no actual proof that he met with this witch. We're going off the fact that his friends said that he had told them that. 
while the cause of death is given as acute myocarditis, which, while not exactly common, is more common than many people think and seems to preferentially afflict young, healthy people. This is where it gets scary. Its most common cause is a viral infection, and it often goes untreated because the sufferer does not realize that anything is medically wrong and attributes the initial symptoms to more mundane causes such as tiredness, anxiety, or even allergies. Oh my god, I have it. I have all I of it! I have it! <laughs> Anecdotally, many sufferers also present with psychological symptoms which closely mimic, but are more often severe and longer duration than a panic attack, intense feelings of dread, paranoia, and impending doom, alongside the physical symptoms of chest pain, difficulty breathing, etc. Sarah, do we both have this? I think we do. I think we might die any day now. Oh, no. <laughs> Better to get in the bathtub. <laughs> if this happened more or less as described, insofar as Chris really did call his friend cross-country in a panic claiming he'd been cursed by a witch, it's possible he'd contracted the causative agent of myocarditis, which is Sickless. having that he dreamed oh. hallucinated. <laughs> Or simply delusionally misinterpreted some completely mundane encounter with a stranger as being supernaturally threatening. As his symptoms worsened, he had no other mental narrative to explain them to himself as he was convinced more and more deeply in the existence of this curse. And the resulting stress and exertion in turn worsened his physical symptoms, wow. which in turn fed his delusional convictions, which in turn worsened his physical symptoms. And then he it was cyclical until he died. Until he woke up dead in the bathtub. Yeah. So... You love a woke up dead story. I do love a woke up dead story. You've got two stories here. Could be acute myocarditis, whatever it is. Baby heart attack that hits young people. I have it. It's going to happen any day now. I need to go buy some crucifixes. Or well, it didn't help him. He didn't have enough. <laughs> <laughs> or what's the backup plan? Or it she's a witch. He had a date with the devil that Goody Proctor sent him. I mean, maybe that he both. met in a hotel bar. Maybe it was both. Maybe it was both. Maybe he had that and the devil was like, easy pickings. <laughs> easy out. Well, that was easy. So that's the strange death of Christopher Case. I will say How like, strange. How strange was it? I mean, that was strange. I mean, I'm saying how that was oh. so strange. How strange was it? It was so strange that. Oh, you're leaving it up. Yes, and. <laughs> I think you did that right. <laughs> Thank you. I'm trying really hard over here. Yeah, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. From what I understand and I've learned, it's that any anxiety attack means you're probably going to have a minor baby heart attack, and don't talk to strange women in a hotel bar. Don't talk to anybody in a hotel bar that you didn't go there with. Yeah. Let's be real. Honestly. It's a hotel bar. Yeah. You don't know what kind of drifter is coming through town. Only shenanigans happening in those. Trouble. Mm. 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 Okay. Stephanie, what are you talking about this week? So I started in one place and I ended in another place. Oh my God. How'd that happen? I'll tell you how. I'm so ready. We're, we're going to start by talking about the Bretzius family. So the Bretzius family uh, lived in Auburn, Pennsylvania. I guess they still live in Auburn, Pennsylvania. Bretzius? Uh, Bretzius, B-R-E-T-Z-I-U-S. Bretzius. That's a, okay. Okay. It's a mouthful. All right, let's go. So the Bretzius family bought a house in Auburn, Pennsylvania in 2011. Okay. And they're like, dream house. They got it inspected. Everything looks like it's on the up and up. No problem, right? 
And they're like, great, like, we're not going to have to pour a bunch of money into this house. Everything looks new and great. Let's go for it. Let's do it. And they bought the house. So moving in, it's Pennsylvania, you know, shit is whatever. <laughs> some stuff's old. The house is drafty, a little cold. So they're like, we're going to add some insulation to the baby's room. They had a new baby. They're like, you know, we don't want the baby to get cold. Yeah. So uh, they hired some people to rip out some wall and to put some insulation in. Oh, no. What did they find? Well, they found that the walls were already insulated with what appeared to be dozens and dozens of wrapped animal carcasses. <laughs> Uh, some half-used spices, and other items. What? Hundreds of artifacts ended up, uh, and remains, were sent to experts in Kutztown to be like, what's up with this? They were wrapped, these animal carcasses, um, just random body parts, heads, bones, whatever, both of them pretty deteriorated, but they were wrapped in newspapers from the 1930s and 40s. So they'd been in there for a while. Is that why there was no smell anymore? Because they had mostly right deteriorated, Been but gone. there was black mold inside of the walls Ugh. that was released when they got the walls bad. open. Right, so, so then, much for them not having to do much to this house. Correct. Oh no, none of this was covered by insurance because these were things that were in the house when they bought it. No, these aren't things that went wrong with the house while they were there. Oh, they cut into it and found out. Those things were there, and they had been there the whole time. So they spent over $20,000 trying to get rid of all of these dead animals, and they can't even be sure that they've gotten them all. Oh, my God. Yes. They're throughout the entire house? Um, I mean, as far as I know, yes. Like, they found them in the one place, and then they were like, well, now we have to tear up our whole fucking house because we have to see if they're in other parts of the house and they can only afford to you know what I mean they lost a lot of money yeah. they can only afford to rip out so much of the house um, but they're like we don't, we don't even know if we've gotten it all now this story um, came out in 2017 okay and they started this like they bought the house in 2011 they started this renovation in 2012 so five years later as far as I know still now to this point it's been almost 10 years but five mm -hmm. years later they were still like we're still working on getting all these animal bodies out of the house. Why are all these Why animal bodies there? in the house, you might be asking? Who put them there? Do they know stuff? Let's find out. <laughs> so they did try and uh, track, with, like, through the town records, like, who owned the house at the time, who put these, like, animal carcasses in there. And while they weren't able to pin it on a specific family or a specific person, it was determined that they believe it to be part of um, Pennsylvania Dutch powwow magic. So I'm going to tell you a little bit. I was like, what the fuck is Pennsylvania Dutch powwow magic? Does it have anything to do with those symbols with that the are hex on? Signs? Yes. Yes. That we learned about when we went to Kutztown yeah, and Charlie and bought a book about everybody it. Everybody said stuff like I was supposed to know what the fuck they were talking about. And like, those are hex squares. And I was like, okay, I don't know what, I don't that, know is. what that means. Yes. <laughs> Wow. We're going to learn a little bit today. Sarah. We got witch stories. Let's we go. Got some, we got some white witch stories, white people. We do. I know you might be confused because you heard the word powwow. We're going to get no, into that. But the word Dutch was in front of it. Right. So, like, so it's so white Dutch people. <laughs> so the Pennsylvania Dutch, also sometimes referred to as the Pennsylvania Germans. They're the same people. Um, because at the time, Germany was all of that shit. So they were German immigrants to Pennsylvania during the 1700s and the 1800s. Germany at that time also encompassed the Netherlands, Switzerland, 
and many other now independent German-speaking countries that are in that part of Europe. But okay. at the time, they were all Germany. Okay? Got it. So they were all German. That's why they're called the Pennsylvania German or the Pennsylvania Dutch. Sure. Uh, so they have a hybrid of many dialects that were relatively very few new influencers. So all of the people kind of... That's my Siri. Bitch, nobody's talking Ma'am. to you. My watch that I was talking to her. Well, she was wrong. Um, I just took my watch <laughs> Very dramatically. She threw it out the window. It was crazy. It was wild. Um, I don't know if I can... I I, I got to call the insurance company. I don't know if I can afford to have thrown that out the window like We that. focus on what's important right now, not your watch. So the Pennsylvania does. <laughs> <laughs> they had very few new influences. So like I said, there was a big mass of German immigrants that all came out like in this 100-year, 150-year period. Um, and then there were, like, no new people to that group for a really long time. So they were kind of secluded from people. And there are still um, people that exist today through religious affiliations, such as the Amish, uh, the Mennonites, and then there were ones I had never heard of called the Anabaptists, the Brethren, uh, the German Reformed, and also Lutheran churches are all churches that have formed uh, from the Pennsylvania Dutch. Okay. And I was like, huh, interesting. There are yeah. a lot of people remaining through the, through those processes. Um, but a lot of us know about the Amish, and we uh, I had never really heard of the Mennonites until I moved to this area, like here in the southeastern Pennsylvania area. Um, and I would have thought that they were the same as the Amish, but they're not, apparently. Like, I think they drink alcohol and they use more electronics or something. They use electronics. They can wear colors. Uh, they can drink alcohol. I know this because right before I moved to Philadelphia, I discovered this awfully wonderful TLC reality show called Breaking Amish yes. that took place here in Lancaster and um, got really, really into it, really invested. And they had both Amish and Mennonite. And Mennonite, yeah. Um, I would think that the Mennonites probably then came more from the fancy people, and we'll talk about them in a minute, the fancy touch. Um, so powwowing primarily is a form of healing rituals and protection spells. And though the word powwow is a Native American word, the rituals that are performed in these powwows are of European origin, and they were brought over by the German transatlantic immigrants. So some of those things that we talk about um, in the powwowing, we mentioned very briefly the hex squares. So when we went to Kutztown, which is like about you know an hour and a half mm-hmm. away from here, so this is all in this southeastern Pennsylvania area, Mind you, not in Philly. This is outside of Philly yes, when you start to get into like the country area of Pennsylvania. Um, you see some of these things that they call hex signs painted on some of the barns. Um, hex signs are a form of Pennsylvania Dutch folk art that are related to fractor found in the fancy Dutch tradition in Pennsylvania Dutch County. The barn paintings usually are in the form of stars and circles. Um, they're like geometric shapes. And they began to appear on the landscape in the early 19th century and became widespread decades later when commercial ready-mixed paint became readily available. Um, so when there were different colors of paint available. Then everybody getting a hex then sign. everybody got a hex sign, right. Um, so by the 1950s, commercialized hex signs aimed at the tourist market became popular. And these often included stars, um, compass roses, stylized birds, hearts, tulips, the tree of life. Two schools of thought exist on the meaning of the hex signs. One school ascribes it to like a talisman nature, um, and the other sees it as just purely decorative. 
Both schools recognize that there are sometimes superstitions associated with certain hex signs themes, and neither ascribes strong magical power to them. It's just kind of like a good luck charm. But to be clear, the Amish do not use hex signs. So the difference between the Amish, um, the Amish are what are referred to as plain people, as opposed to the fancy Dutch. <laughs> Got it. So the plain people, also sometimes called the plain Dutch, those are Christian groups that are characterized by their separation from, like, the secular world and by simple living, including plain dressing, so yeah. the way that they dress themselves. They don't very, like no fancy things. And very modest clothing. Many plain people have an Anabaptist background. These denominations are largely forms of German, Swiss German, Dutch, or other European ancestry. Um, conservative friends are traditional Quakers who are also considered plain people, as opposed to Quakers who are Fancy Dutch. Got it. Uh, and they come from a variety of ethnic backgrounds. Fancy Dutch is the term that refers to the Pennsylvania Germans who do not belong to the Anabaptist churches. So unlike the Amish, um, the conservative Dunkards or Old Order Mennonites, they do not wear plain clothing. So some of the more modern Mennonites, not the Old Order Mennonites, mm -hmm. they don't wear plain clothing, nor do they refuse to fight in wars. Many popular associated characteristics of the Pennsylvania Dutch culture, including spielwerk, which is the powwow magic, um, hex signs and other aspects of the Pennsylvania Dutch art and music and folklore are derived from the fancy Dutch. Um, the tourism industry and mainstream media often erroneously attribute such contributions to more conservative plain Dutch like the Amish, though they would reject these aspects of their more worldly fancy counterparts. Uh, so fancy Dutch were more interested in assimilating and kind of like moving in and becoming part of the yeah. local culture rather than separating themselves the way the Amish or the old ornament and knights would. Um, for most of the 19th century, the fancy Dutch far outnumbered the plain groups among the Pennsylvania Dutch. So most of them assimilated. Yeah. But a good chunk of them did not. And those are the people that became the Amish and the old order Mennonites um, and the people that are there are still people both in old order religions and the same way we have like modern pagans right yeah. there are modern people who still practice um pennsylvania dutch powwow which i thought was very interesting um but for most of the 19th century uh like i said the fancy dutch outnumbered the plain groups there were far many of them but since two world wars and the subsequent suppression of the german language in the u.s there was a huge pressure on the Pennsylvania Germans to assimilate. Mm -hmm. So today, however, most of the Pennsylvania German speakers are members of plain groups, while the fancy Dutch have mostly been assimilated into the larger Euro-American ethnic culture of the United States. While plain Dutch communities are centered on Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. and Holmes County, Ohio, the fancy Dutch live in the countryside surrounding Reading, Allentown, York, and Lebanon, Pennsylvania. Yep. So, yeah. So do we know exactly why they thought wrapping up animal parts in newspaper and putting it inside the house was a good idea? We don't. <laughs> I don't know more about, like, that specific, Practice. like, spell yeah. or whatever, right, that the person was trying to do. Um, there's very little powwow literature. The Bible is considered the most important book of the powwow. <laughs> And no practitioner would work without their Bible on hand. Um, so I don't know, like, what part of the Bible they're taking Weird. those, you know, specific spells from or whatever. Um, 
but they don't have like their own like Pennsylvania Dutch magic book. Like yeah. their magic, their spell book is the Bible. It's just like passed down. Yes, I would imagine it's a lot of like oral tradition and and passing down of wow the spells and the magic. That's crazy. I mean, definitely putting like animal parts and carcasses in the walls of your home is gonna keep most people away, right? <laughs> So well, like, and that's the thing too. It was supposed to be away. like I. We do know that it was supposed to be some sort of like protection spell because that's most of what powwow magic is, and that's what the hex signs are. Yeah, like it's not because you're putting a hex on your barn, but it's to like protect theoretically to protect your barn from hexes. But also, like I said, some people just use them decoratively. There's mm-hmm. like a a murky past related to it. Yeah, I think Charlie said after reading his book about the hex signs that he got that it was like. Because they were dealing with a lot of their cows producing sour milk or something. And they were like, put like, a sign of, on your barn. We're out of stuff. I guess just draw a nice sign on your barn. the devil's coming in and, and touching these cows. But you know what the devil doesn't like? This really pretty He doesn't like triangles and nice geometric Stars. patterns. He is not fucking into it. He's like, ugh, I get it. I'll go somewhere else. So that's I started looking into the story about the the stuff in the walls, and there really wasn't much more to it. There was just like, yeah, we found the this stuff poor in the walls. Couple insurance isn't going to pay for it, and we think it was from people doing Pennsylvania Dutch powwow. Here's our GoFundMe. Thank you. They did have a GoFundMe page actually, which I learned about from a news piece that I was reading on them, and I even tried to check that out, but that page is like gone now. The yeah. GoFundMe page, probably oh. because this was several years ago. But. Yeah. I was hoping that was because they got the money and they I fixed their so. house. Maybe now it's a house full of animal ghosts. Maybe it is. They're and like, maybe gotta... that's how they protect you is the house is full of animal ghosts that are like, get the fuck out. This is our house. But not to you. Do you think if you have a house full of animal ghosts that the house is still going to smell like animals? I don't know. They, I would hope not. I would hope not too. And they, I, it doesn't seem like they had any issues with smells before they opened. Yeah, there's the no walls. way they would have noticed. But I think after they opened the walls, well, of and course. started unwrapping stuff, they were like, Bleh. "This isn't good." Yeah. And then the black mold. And then the black mold. These witches, man. Yeah, man. So that's it. <laughs> that's my story. That's our stories, and they're sticking to it. Yeah. So it started with. Um, you know, the Bretzius family, and then it went into powwow and a little bit about the the Philadelphia or the Pennsylvania Dutch. And I was like, wow, these are all things I did not know. It's a nice episode for some white witches. <laughs> for some white, white witches. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not it. Um, it was a short one today, but it was a good one. And it was a little refreshing, lighthearted after uh, last week's episode. So I hope you appreciate that. People I want to keep hurting these kids. Man, how do I reach these kids? How do I reach these kids? I was like, how do I not kids? reach these kids? Oh, um, we wish you would not reach these, these kids. kids, man. Uh, anyway, I want to thank you for listening <laughs> to our podcast. <laughs> if you want to support our show, there are so many ways to do that. Excuse me. I am like wow. all fucked up in here right Something now. Something is happening. I'm like to coughing, you. I'm yawning, I'm burping, like all the sounds. Are I you apologize. Fart next? I farted in the bathroom. So anyway, thank you for some listening to our show. If you want to support the podcast, we Did have you a Patreon. Shart in the bathroom? I didn't chart. Uh, we have one dollar, five dollar, ten dollar, fifteen dollar tiers. We have merch on our website, deadtopstoriesofthesea.com. But of course, there are totally ways that you can support us that don't cost you any money, like leaving a five star review on iTunes or wherever else you listen to our podcast, or even just emailing us 
dead time stories, all one word with a Z at gmail.com. Yep. I think that's everything, man. That's everything. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Stephanie. I'm Sarah. And this has been Dead Time Stories. Thank you for listening. Dead Time Stories is hosted by Sarah Heddens and Stephanie C. Ferguson. Music and editing by Eric Gershnow. Artwork by Rennie Slackman. 